Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life,
morning, church. Good morning. All right, you guys sound nice and loud for filling the spaces in between. Awesome. So um, this is a this is a, an awesome Sunday. Um, I don't know. I just feel like uh, I feel like God's got some special messages for us today, and I don't know. Just want to open our hearts up and and. Uh, so Jack gave you a preview of our first song this morning. <laughs> That's the first time in like five years we actually did the, the, the five-minute countdown. That's the song we're going to play. So <laughs> hope you guys are paying attention because now we're going to sing it for real. You got something to say, Jack? Yeah, everybody <laughs> just kind of, um, I see people gathering in. Uh, we usually tend to fill up a lot of space toward the end here. Um, we've got a, uh, another month or so with our 930, and then we'll go back to our 10 o'clock um, service. So uh, what I'd ask is um, if you just stand, right, stand up right now if you're able. Um, and we just want to worship the Lord and connect to Him. Um, that's what we're here for. We just want to, uh, the light, the world is crazy enough, isn't it? And our, our lives are hectic. And um, we're, we started last week a series called Pressure. And um, we're going to talk more about that. Last week we talked about um, our buckets. And so we, we're keeping the bucket up there throughout the series. Um, so let's just, let's just focus on God. Lord God, we come here to now, and we're just going to worship and glorify your name. We just pray that your Holy Spirit will just move in us and on those who are maybe watching online. We ask for a special anointing upon them and upon um, all the people who may be en route today or coming in the doors. God, it's, it's not about our words, our hopes, our dreams, our discussions. It's about worshiping and glorifying you. And for that, we give you praise in Christ's mighty name. Amen. All right, let's make some noise. One, two, three. Put your hands together and praise the Lord. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory. Who shakes the whole world with only thunder? Who leaves us breathless in all in wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. What is it? This is amazing grace. Take my place 
Everybody sing together. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquers the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And worthy is the King who conquers the grave. Wayne, let's do that bridge. This is amazing grace. Sing it out. This is unfailing love that you would take my place. That you would bear my cross, you would lay down your life, that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done. For Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Here we go. Worthy is the Lamb who was saved. Everybody. And worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Praise him. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Go ahead, Wayne. <laughs> worthy is the king who conquers the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. He's worthy. Worthy is the king who conquers the grave. Yeah. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. He's worthy. Worthy. Worthy.
Let's take it down a little bit. Beneath the waters I shall rise. Amen. Let's give it a play. Let's hear you guys say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. You're in this house today, Lord. He's here with us today. This is my revelation, Christ Jesus crucified. Salvation through repentance on the cross on which he died. Now here's my absolution, forgiveness for my sin. I sink beneath the waters that Christ was buried in. I will rise, I will rise, as Christ was raised to life. Now in Him, now in Him, I live. I stand a new creation, blessed by His blood and fire. By faith I'm justified I will rise I will rise As Christ was raised to life Now in Him Now in Him I your lordship and glorify your name your word it stands eternal your kingdom knows no end your praise goes on forever and on and on again no power can stand against you no curse assault your throne no one can steal your glory for it
Holy Spirit, we just give you, we stand here and praise in all of all that you do for us. And Lord, we know that there's a lot of people going through a lot of things. I've ran into many of them. There's people right in this room right now. So right now, Lord, as we, we deal with all the struggles of life and all the things that keep us down, the things, or maybe the things that just keep us so overstimulated that we're worn out, God, we just pray that right now that you would, you would just speak to us during this time and just let us set everything aside and just focus on you. And whatever you have for us, God, that we'll receive it and that we'll be renewed by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we will rise as Christ was raised to life. For that, we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Good morning. How's that? How is everybody? Welcome to Haven Church. We're here to do one thing, and that's to worship the Lord, and we hope that you're ready to connect in that as well. Uh, many of you, if you're visiting today, welcome. We, we are glad to see you here today. We hope that you will, um, you're, if you are visiting, you received a card. You'll fill that out, whether you're just in town saying hi or not. Um, we'd, we'd love to know that and love to see you, and just to thank you for being here, and we have a small gift for you being here. Um, have you checked the summer's winding down? Not fun. Um, some of us may think it's good because I'm kind of ready to get back to a really good schedule myself. But um, we want to, um, again, welcome you. There's a couple timely announcements that we need to go over. Number one, um, you have guests who's coming to dinner. Um, if, you, if you didn't sign up, Junie would love to have you. The information is in the bulletin. And I will be sending emails this week. Okay. So those of you who have signed up, um, You'll be getting emails. Um, you'll be going to different where you're going to go to different people's houses. You don't know who's there. You only know where you're going. People don't know who's coming. If you haven't signed up, go ahead and do so today. It's a great opportunity to get to know other people. Um, and you know, that, a lot of times we don't get to know people here, but uh, sitting here. But it's a great time to really sit. Also, starting today, Marsha will be out here at the table, um, and we'll be signing up for Women of Faith. Uh, so that is the is it the fifth and sixth. I believe, of September, so that's coming, whether we want to believe September is coming or not. Please sign up for that. That is, uh, I, everybody I've known who's gone there, it's been an awesome experience. So, um, but you have to be a woman, and you have to be kind of like faithful, I guess. No, but, um, so, so, but you want to definitely make sure you're there um, and be part of that. We'll have a group going up there. Um, also, Elkton Community Kitchen, Joanne Edwards. Joanne, hi, there she is. I, there's a lot of things going on with her, she and Liz and some others who are, who are coordinating that. They're looking for somebody who will just pick up the ball for this time. Am I correct with that? And that date is um, the 22nd. That's a Friday. It's a Friday afternoon and lunch in, at the Elkton Presbyterian Church. So if you're interested, please see Joanne. Um, wave your hand. Wave. There we go. So you'll, you'll see her. Um, and also, for our youth, there's a lot of other announcements that you'll check on. But for our youth, this Tuesday um, from 6 to 8 will be Haven Movie Night right here. So that's from 6th through 12th, I believe. So plan on coming in um, at this, this Tuesday evening, 6 to 8. If you have any other questions, my wife, Melissa, um, is around afterwards. And um, I think there's some other information about that. All right. Uh, well, we do, again, once again, we do welcome you, and we're glad that you're here. We want you to connect with the Lord. This also is an opportunity that I'm going to ask that you stand where you are. If you'll go ahead and stand. 
Go ahead, that means stand up. And I want you to just say, I'm going to give you a chance to say hello to those around you um, really briefly. And then what I want you to do is um, I'm going to say a prayer. Just say hi to people real quickly. All righty. All right, if everybody will get back together. Um, we're going to go ahead and continue with the service. Uh, we want to lift up prayers. You can have a seat. Um, our, uh, we do have a prayer for Jack Feldman and family. Um, he was reported missing, and that's from Bill Wiggum. So we want to go ahead and pray for that family um, specifically. And also today, we wanna, um, I want to go ahead and share uh, another, one more other announcement of joy. My parents yesterday, we celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. So. Uh, they were three when they got married, so, uh, all right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, okay? Lord God, um, we just thank you for who you are, and we know that there are many needs. There are joys of, of weddings um, for 50 years. The shame in our culture, God, is we don't hear that much anymore, um, and we're just thankful for that. Um, but there are also some people who are dealing with illnesses and dealing with um, all kinds of other things that they're not sure. Touch them, heal their hearts, heal their minds, heal their lives. And Lord God, I'll be with Jack Feldman's family and all those as he's missing. We pray that you'll fa- they'll be found and, and, uh, and God, that everything will be good. But be with that family during that time. For those who've lost members and other kinds of things, all the other prayers, God, we lift your name up. But ultimately, God, we just thank you for you. And as we are in this prayer time, we also want to recognize that this is a time for us to give back to you. It's a time where whether we're sitting here or we're watching online, that God, we have, we're benefiting from the word and the ministry that you're doing at Haven here. And we give you praise for that. And God, for all the things that you do in your life as we give back in your tithe and offering, it's just a small portion of what we can say to you. So as the, the ushers will move around this room, and as those who uh, click here and click there and go ahead and add online, God, we just thank you. And we ask that your Holy Spirit be upon these gifts and anoint them because we know there are many needs in our community and around the world that need to be met but are only met through the hands and feet of Christ. We love you, Lord. Just be with us in Christ's mighty name. Amen. This is one of those uh, rare times when God gives me a song that he wants me to sing. You know, I was just playing around piano that night, and, and I, this, these chords came to mind, and then I, I looked the lyrics up and started reading the lyrics of the song, and all of a sudden I got images of somebody that need to hear the song today. So, so, you know, I think it's always important to be obedient to what God wants me to do. Um, so pay attention to the lyrics, and I'm not going to interpret what I think they mean. It's, that's between you and God. If, if this touches your heart today, then God wants to speak to you about it. She is running. A hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction. She is trying, but the canyon's ever widening in the depths of her cold heart. So she sets out on another misadventure just to find. She's another two years older and she's three more steps behind. Anybody hear her? Can anybody see? Does anybody even know she's going down? 
under the shadows of our steeple with all the lost and lonely people searching for the hope that's tucked away in you and me does anybody hear her can anybody see she is yearning for shelter and affection that she never found at home Searching for a hero to ride in, to ride in and save the day. And then walks her Prince Charming, and she knows just what to say. Momentary lapse of reason, and she gives herself away. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? Or does anybody even know she's going down today? Under the shadows of our steeple, with all the lost and lonely people, searching for the hope that's tucked away in you and me. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? And judgment looms under every steeple, if lofty glances from lofty people. Can't see past her scarlet letter, and we never even met her. And judgment looms under every steeple. If lofty glances from lofty people can't see past her scarlet letter, and we, we never, never even met her. Verses 1 through 9. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you sacrifice a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be accepted on your behalf. 
It shall be eaten on the day you sacrifice it or on the next day. Anything left over until the third day must be burned up. If any of it is eaten on the third day, it is impure and will not be accepted. Whoever eats it will be held responsible because they have desecrated what is holy to the Lord. They must be cut off from their people. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. We're also going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 19 through 21. When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat the olives from your trees, do not go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. When you harvest the grapes in your vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. How are we doing? Good. I thought we might have had a little intro there, but I don't think we had it in there today, so that's okay. All right. Everybody good? Everybody good? All right. Just checking. I don't believe you. So I just double checking. So um, been kind of an interesting week. A lot of different things going on. I had lots of meetings and um, had a funeral and some other kinds of things. So we want to pray for the Patchell family. I mean, it's one of the things I forgot to lift up today. The Patchell family, um, many of you may know, uh, that have been around for a while, may know Norman Patchell, passed away, and um, may remember, some of you may have been around for a while and remember Patchell's Exxon. Um, if you don't know where that is, it's now Rita's and, Ta- and uh, Domino's uh, in Northeast. So um, that family owned that. So be with them and, and their family. So, uh, one of the interesting things is, let me ask you a question. We live, in a, we live in a pretty cool area, and in our area, one of the reasons why we live in a pretty cool area is because most of us, I would say, in here have a basement. How many of you have a basement? All right. Who does not have a basement? Okay. Um, anybody, anybody ever lived in an area where you can't have basements? Like down near the water, I think lower Delaware, slower, lower, you can't too much. If you do, you better get used to having a sump pump. Uh, so that kind of happens. But um, basements are cool. And I, re- I was thinking about when we built our house, we had this basement. And we lived upstairs for a while. And I, so I decided, um, with the help of a lot of other people I know, uh, and just people telling me, I know uh, Stephanie's husband, Dean, gave me some hints as well um, and h- helped out a little bit. I-, I decided to learn how to build. Now, any, any of you who know anything know I don't do anything unless it's with a computer. Um, it doesn't come out very well. And so I did it, and I felt good about it. I think it took me like days to do my first wall, or at least hours. And, um, and I had it up, and I, I, I was so proud of myself. I said, Melissa, come here. And she comes down, and I said, look. And she looks. She goes, you got one wall done. Good. And, so, and before I knew it, I ended up having the rest of the walls done as well. And so I was able to go. But, but the basements are kind of cool, because when, we, when I first got it, um, laid out because our living room had be- gone from being a living room to a toy room uh, to just a junk heap with all the toys in there. And so we decided to, I, I still remember when the basement was finally done and we decided that we had our own plans for things. I was going to have an office on one side and the other area, the bigger area, was going to be a toy room. I remember Melissa standing at the top of the stairs throwing toys down. 
to the bottom, just throwing them down, and then I'll, I'll, I'll put them in there. And she did, and I had an office there. And since that time, it shifted. But what I started to learn, you know, at first when you put stuff in your basement, you have it nice and organized, and everything's really cool. And before you know it, things get pretty messy really quickly. And, um, you know, what? And then we had what we called the storage section. And I remember um, we put up those, we, got, we went and bought those little stacking shelves, and we had everything on nice shelves, and you could walk through from one side to the other. And then after about a year, you have to climb over and dive under and swim through, and it's like, it's like you're on, um, on some like excavation, you know, like Survivor Man in your own basement. And so then you get enough, you're looking for something, you have enough, you get really frustrated, so you say, okay, and you go clean it up, or you drag one of the kids down there to help you. You clean it up, you organize it, and then you bring the whole family down for a nice tour. This is how it should stay. And you see, you should be able to walk through here, and you should be able to do this. Is this ringing a bell with anybody? Okay, um, and so, uh, and then what happens after you've been there for a while, one to two years later, two to three years later, guess what you're doing? Doing it again, and you're bringing them back down for another tour. Uh, so what I find out is the whole world that has basements lives in two worlds. Now, this could be your attic or some other kind of shed or something else, but let me ask, I wanna, I, what I want to do is ask a question. I want to say, which one are you? Are, how many of you are the one who is so clean, like a clean, organized, clean, organized basement? Who's that? Anybody here? Okay. How many of you would like to have a clean and organized basement? All right. Now, how many of you are the ones that you just don't care what it looks like? You throw stuff down and wherever it hits, it's good, you know, or it get, you're not worried about that. How many of you? Isn't it interesting that most of the people want a clean basement, but most of us don't have a clean basement? I find that to be really interesting. Um, and, you know, one of the things is this may be good for an attic or a basement um, or a closet or your suitcase. I always love how some people pack their suitcase. Some people go by the pile method and zip. Pile and zip and whatever you get in there, that's good. Others of you will nicely fold and place. Even your dirty clothes, you'll nice and fold and place back. And ro- I'm a roller. I roll them up and shove them in, and then I get more in there, and it's all good. Um, and then it's wrinkled, and yeah, we know. But most places have an iron. Um, so anyway, um, that's one of the things that we have, and we do that. Now, when you work, how many of you, when you work or you're doing something, you have to clean up? If there's a little bit of clutter, you have to clean it up, Okay. How many of you are like, I can work through the piles of mess? And if somebody cleans up your piles of mess, you are like lost. Okay, that's me as well. I'd like to be the other, but I'm just not. And every once in a while, I'll just get frustrated, and then I'll clean. And, um, you know, but one of the things that I look at, and this is our first thing on our sheet here, it's okay for my closet or my basement or my office or anything to be a mess, but not my life. It's not okay for my life to be a mess. Uh, it's not okay for my finances to be a mess. Because when, it, when they, my finances are just there, all of a sudden something will pop up and then it sets me over. Or um, my schedule. How many have messy schedules? Okay. Um, that when we say, and, we, and we just go, okay, well, we're just in a season of life. That's just how it is right now. You know, when the fall comes, everything's going to be more organized. When, you know, when after Christmas, I'm going to get more organized. We're going to start more family time. We're going to do this. But in that, that season never ends, and we're still in that mess. When the kids get older, how many of you said that one? How many, when they're older, it's more of a mess? Exactly. There we go. 
and we just never see that. Or you may say, it's not okay for my relationships to be in a mess, my friendships, my family, my relationship with my spouse. If you're somebody who is wondering if you're one of those people who has the messy basement or not, go ahead and check, look in the back seat of your car or, or the passenger side when you leave here today. If you have to move stuff for people to sit there, you're somebody who works in clutter. Um, and that's, that's what happens. So what I want to do, in this pressure series, we, last week we opened up, and I have a bucket here. We talked about your bucket full, and we talked about some of us have like a little wet bit in the bottom uh, of there, and that's not how the life God's called for us if our life is that bucket. So today we are going to talk some more uh, about some different things. Now, all of us have things in life, a lot of things that we have. We have, we have work, okay? A lot of us have work that we have to get to. And others of us, we may have children that have activities and we need to get them somewhere as well. And we have uh, clubs and we have the gym and we have school. And what are some other things that we're involved with? What are some other things? Shopping. Shopping. We, get, we like to shop and we have to shop, okay? Anything else? Church. Yeah, we have church. We'll put some of them there. It's summertime. Uh, no, but we, um, we have church. Um, spoken like a pastor, right? Um, what else? What are some other things that we end up... Huh? Yeah, we got, we got financial issues as well. And, and so we end up with a lot of these different situations and things. But, we, but one of the things is, and I'm going to put this here, all of us have a limit, and many of these things, we run to the limit. And I'm going to pull this up here. Um, when we run things to the limit, um, we, we barely have breathing space here. But then what happens is in our finances, we have that unexpected thing that puts us here. Or our kids are not involved in enough, so we get them involved in some more stuff. Or with work, we've got to end up with some other things and have some extra stuff to do. And what happens is when we begin to get in this area where our limits are, this is where stress occurs. And most of us live in this area of our lives, if we're honest. When most of us stay here in this area. And so what we find out, we don't have any room for ourselves to breathe because we're right up against our limits in many cases. And when we don't have room to, to breathe, and this is the next thing on your, your sheet, when there's no room to breathe, my stress skyrockets. Anybody could preach the rest of the sermon? All right. Just checking to make sure you're here. When activities hit that limit, we have no, no space to breathe in our lives. Now, I wanna, I'm going to show you, Melinda's going to put a, a, a video clip here. It's not going to have any sound, but it's from the show Survivor. How many of you watch Survivor? Okay? Survivor used to be, everybody watched it. If, Ten years ago, if I said everybody would watch it. And I was, you know, I, don't, I hear it's not really like the cool show to watch anymore, but, because um, we're, we're, we're done with that. We're on to like something else now. Um, but in the midst of they had one thing that kind of reminded me of how we live this life. And it, it's going to, they put these people in the water, during a lower tide, they had bars over top, and they were underneath. And as the tide rose, they could just put their face up here. Go ahead, Melinda. You can go ahead and show that. They had their face up there, and they're trying to breathe. And look at them. They had to make, like, snorkels for their, for their own mouths to, in order to breathe and be able to, to connect. And whoever stayed there the longest won the, immun the immunity challenge. And so as they were going through this, 
I started to, say, to think about um, all this. You'll see people just uh, going ahead and popping out because they couldn't take it anymore. Um, you do one of two things when you exist in that area. When we exist that way in our real lives, you either find a way to get air to struggle for it, and you'll see some people just struggling, or you end up giving up and, or you end up drowning underneath it all. And because the tide is eventually going to come in in our lives. And this limits, as we push, push up against these limits, we're going to have these issues. And this is what happens when there's no breathing room in our lives. We struggle as like this person right here, as you can see, where, as, let me just ask the question, has anybody had a moment in your life where you felt like you were about ready to choke out and you reached your limit and you couldn't press any further up? But if you went down, it meant that you had a potential to drown and you felt you were being succumbed by it. It could be that your kids, it could be your finances, it could be your job, it could be every other kind of thing that exists in life. So one of the interesting things is why do we live up to that level? Why do we live up to that level at all? There's some interesting statistics that um, the Today Show did. It's a thing that for moms. It was called Today Moms. Com. And on todaymoms.com, they, they went ahead and, and pulled 7,000 mothers um, about stress, one being least, 10 being highest. And they found that the average mother, it was 8.5 out of 10 were stressed. And here are some of the things, and um, these will be up on the screen. 46%, I thought this was hilarious, 46% said their hubby stressed them out more than their kids. I don't relate to that at all in my house. Um, 72% said they stress about the things that they're stressing about. The number one thing, 60% said they stressed about the lack of time to get things done. 60% said raising girls is much more stressful than raising boys. As a parent of both, mm, I agree. Okay? It's more dramatic. So... Um, my, but here's what's happening that's very interesting, and I, I didn't get a chance to ask my wife. Those with four or more children had a lower stress level. I guess after three, you just don't care. <laughs> you know, so, so I'm looking forward to that, uh, <laughs> that one day. Um, and nine out of ten said that staying fit and attractive is a huge stressor for them. So why do we live at this level again in our lives? Why do we... Take time doing that. Well, you know, in, in looking at this, I came across the guy, um, some of you who have watched television preachers for a while may have seen somebody named Charles Stanley. He has a son named Andy Stanley, who has probably one of the fastest growing churches in the world. He's a dynamic pastor, does great things. And Andy Stanley wrote a book, and, um, and in that, he said the one thing that he believes that drives us in this area is one thing, and he says one thing that drives us to push these limits, if we understood it, we would be able to relate to it, is fear. Now, when I heard that, I'm like, wait a second, how, how does that make sense? Fear, what do you mean there, fear? Um, and I said, you know, I don't think I'm afraid, and, you know, but I, I said, I just do what I do. But then I want you to begin, he said, if you ask yourself a couple different questions, you'll find out if you're afraid. So let's look at this. For instance, why don't I stop putting my kids in absolutely everything? Because I'm I, I would, but I'm afraid that... Or why don't I 
just tell them I'm not working as much and extra hours at work. Well, I'm afraid that if I don't, then we won't have... All right? If I did that, then it would... You see what I mean? Just hit home a little bit more. And when I started looking at this, I thought, hmm, maybe I am. Maybe I do have some areas of afraid. We don't like to admit it, but I think we are driven more by fear in our lives than by faith. And so I want to share with you on, on your sheet a couple of those areas. I left a blank for you because I want you to, to ask yourself right now. Go ahead and jot it down. You can hide it from somebody else. If you are afraid of something in your life, if you said, I'm afraid that if I don't or if that doesn't happen, then I won't be able to, or my kids won't have, or we won't be able to retire, or whatever. Go ahead and write that down, what you're afraid of. Just go ahead and jot that down for yourself. And as after, in that blank, and then on the other page, I'm going to give you some areas where I believe that we are all driven by fear. The first thing, or most of us, particularly those of us living at this level, the first thing is, I am driven by the fear of missing out. Look at the person next to you say, missing out. Look at the other person say, missing out. All right. What do we think? We think that if we cut back in our lives, that we're going to miss out on something good. If I don't have my kids in thus and so, then they're going to miss out on a scholarship for thus and so. If I don't go ahead and go and, and add this extracurricular activity to my life, then I will miss out on yada yada. If I don't always say yes to the boss, even if it's my time off, I won't get the next promotion. I'll be missing out when somebody else will get it. If I'm single, I may say, you know, I have more time in my life than I probably would if I had a family and children, but I fill my life with all that because if I don't do this, then I will miss out on, I'll be wasting my time, and I'll miss out on. I, if I don't go there tonight, even though I don't feel like it, I may miss out on meeting Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Okay, we do this kind of stuff to ourselves all the time. And there's more and more things. The if-then series that will miss out on things. And I think that's one of the, the most major reasons why we keep busy is because we're afraid we're going to miss out. Have you ever been somewhere you, where you, have you ever been, you know, made a choice that you decided and said um, you weren't going to go and somebody went and they said, oh my gosh, you missed it. And you're immediately like, I knew I should have gone. And we live in that fear. I have to do that. So number two, that's number one. Number two is, I have a fear of falling behind. So we have missing out and falling behind. Look at the person on the other side of you say, fear of falling behind. What we do here is this is when we do the comparison model. This is where we do the comparison model, right? The comparison model is this. We compare our houses, our cars, our lives, our jobs, our paychecks, our relationships with everybody else. And we say, if I don't go in debt, then I won't be like the Smiths or the Joneses up the road. I remember when we were, you know, when we were younger, um, we had some friends, and Melissa and I had saved up some money and got one of those Power Wheels trucks or Jeeps or whatever, for the kids, and we were thrilled because I always wanted, like, in the Sears catalog, the Batman car. I never got it, so we'll, we'll not beat up my parents today because they're celebrating their 50th, but I wanted Batman. I wanted the Batmobile. 
Wouldn't I look cool in the Batmobile? Am I right? So, um, and we're talking the old school Batmobile from the 60s. That's what I wanted. Even though I had to pedal it, I wanted it, okay? Um, and, and as we're, uh, you know, we're, we, had the, we, had, we had saved up enough, and we went ahead, and we bought this Power Wheels truck, and we had some friends that when they saw we got it, they had to buy the exact one. You ever been, been there and done this? Where people, like, they just go, get it. And, you, and, you know, even though they may not have the money, and we've done the same thing before. Oh, we got to get this because... You know, and we all live at this level of our lives because we're afraid we're going to be missing out on something if we don't get that, if we don't do this, and then we'll, then we'll have some problems. So that's the other one. Number three, fear, and I think this is a big one for me after, when I got near 40 and I turned 40 and surpassed 40, <laughs> um, is this one right here, fear that my life may not matter. You know, because for me, I was kind of just trucking along for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden I reached a point um, where I was like, oh, you know, when people started giving you the gifts that said over the hill, and I thought, before that, when people gave you over the hill stuff, it was a joke, but statistically, when you hit 40, it's not, and I thought, eh, I'm heading down the other side. It was always climb, and now it's like, ah, and I can either free fall or I can make something. So you get panicky about that. And you want your life to count for something. You want to be remembered. You don't want to just be two dates in a dash on a tombstone. And so if, my, if my, my life looks like my closet or my basement, there's no room for relationships in my life. There's no room for things that are important. My money is to the edge, and I'm spending every ounce of it, and definitely there is no room for God. So again, why do I live that way? So what we need to look at is the issue is living at our limits is really a matter of faith. It's really a matter of faith. It's really a faith issue. In other words, what I'm asking the question, when I live in this realm right here, when I have to live right up against my limits and sometimes overpass them, and live and exist in the way I do, what I'm really saying when I don't leave a gap is, do I trust you enough, God? Do I trust you? And when I live like that, I'm actually telling God I don't trust him at all. And so in this matter of faith, I want to take you to the, the Old Testament, if you will. Um, to the Old Testament, and we had some verses that were read for us. And I want to tell you about the Israelites. This was written for the Israelites. They were the people who were in Egypt that Moses took out of Egypt. And by the way, did you see they're putting a new movie out? It's going to be Prince of Egypt. It's not going to be the cartoon version. It's going to be the real one, and it's going to be out um, this year. So Moses is going to be back on the screen. I think Hollywood's finally finding out that um, God may reach some people and make some money for them. Um, so... And it's not copyrighted, so they can do what they want with it, unfortunately. Um, but the Israelites in the Old Testament, most of them had grown up, grown up in complete slavery. They worked seven days a week continually. And in doing so, they, got, they were used to working. There was no days off. They worked 24-7, 365 and a third. I think that's what it is. And they worked and worked and worked. And by doing so, when here you have God who brings them out of Egypt, 
and they have carte blanche to do whatever they want to. So God gives them some rules, and these rules are God's breathing rules. And the first thing, here are some of the rules that God gives to them as we look at some of these verses. God says, and some of these are the Ten Commandments, but God gave numerous other laws for them as well, and they were to create space in here, as I'm going to show you. For one of the things, we've heard this before. God says, take one day off a week. We, the the uh, Jewish people call it Shabbat or Sabbath. All right? And for the Israelites who were used to no work because they had to collect food, this is pre-refrigeration time. So if you don't work and get food that day, guess what? You don't have it unless it's provided for you. So God was asking them to trust him in this. It became one of the big ten, take a day off. And there was no way for the Israelites. They didn't understand that. I'd say that we are some of the new Israelites. Take a day off, and we end up creeping in an office or creeping on a laptop or having something that buzzes or rings, and we got to answer it and deal with this. We have no, the concept of Sabbath in our culture is non-existent in many cases. So the first thing he says is take a break from a day and trust me to make up what we need. <clears throat> the next thing, uh, before I jump on, Jesus actually re-upped that by saying, hey, Sabbath was made for you. It's a gift from God for you. It's a gift. If your boss came in and said, I don't want you to do anything today, just chill out. It's all going to be good. Wouldn't you be like, awesome. I had a college class. It was a general writing class, and the first thing I did <clears throat> was the guy would come in. It was like right after, like right after dinner time, like about 6 o'clock. You know, you eat an early dinner and then you go. And I remember this guy was journal writing, and the first thing he'd do is he put in like that breathing tapes, like <gasps> breathe in, exhale, and they got like behind like that, you know that kind of stuff. And I remember I'm laying on a dirty floor, and I was like, this is awesome. <sighs> and I'm, I'm snoozing right away. And I remember him after he turned on the lights gently and then had everybody back, he said, who fell asleep? And I was like, <laughs> right here. You know, and, and a couple other people, because it's right after dinner. And I went to sleep, and he said, if you slept, your body needed it. We'll start every class like this. I was like, you are awesome. You are the greatest person ever. So he did that. And, um, and so that was, it was really cool in order to have that one. So Jesus said it's a gift. It's a gift. Number two, God instituted a tithe. Now, everybody's just sat up a little bit because he's going to talk about money, right? He said, tithe, whoop, everybody, okay. Um, tithe, many of us don't do that. And what a tithe is, is for the Israelites, they were a farming community. And how they made their money was they'd farm, they'd collect, they'd go sell, and then the first tenth of that went to God. The rest was for them. The problem that I see mainly in life is people don't give the first tenth to God. We wait for the last part to give to God. And so we end up, run, if, you, if you are like the rest of the culture, we end up running our finances right up to here. It becomes a major leap to give a tithe because that places us over where we are, over our limits. But what God says is, Give this to me, and then live off of this. It's a different plan. 
And what we find out is uh, somebody, uh, somebody who was wise once told me, you live to what you make. And I remember making 14700 my first year of ministry. It wasn't back in the dark ages. It was 1996. You do the math. It still wasn't a ton then. It wasn't a ton at all. 16.5 or whatever, 15.8 or whatever it was, 14.7. Um, I'm going through a number of numbers. I was thrilled when I got to 15.5. I was like, yeah, I'm rich. Um, but if you make, make God first, it it's, doesn't matter whether you make $3 million. That first part is God's. You live off the rest. And that's an act of faith. God is saying, trust me in this, and then you can live off the rest of this. And you know what? Melissa and I lived. We had a house. Two years later, we had a kid. Two years later after that, we had another kid. Two years later, we had three years, we had another kid, and we just kept having kids. And God, believe me, as they're teenagers, they cost more, and this is important, and God's got a supply, right? All right, so what he says is, it's an act of trust. Trust me in this. This is the only place in Scripture that the Scripture actually says, test me on this. See if I won't open the floodgates of heaven. Give this to me, live off of this, and then I will open floodgates on you. Test me on it, okay? And then the third thing that God gives to them is something that we're not familiar with. It's the law of gleaning. Gleaning, not cleaning. The law of gleaning. And I want, you to, I want to go really quickly to Leviticus. We're going to start, in, I'm going to go in verse 9. And it says, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edges of your field um, or gather the gleanings, everything left over of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Now, that, what that says is if you forgot, let me put it in, in modern terms. If you forgot to do something at work that may be the best deal ever and you forgot it and you're, you're done for the day, don't go back and do it. Leave it. For others, if you, in this case, they would collect all their money and God said, you ever seen when they like get the corn and then on the edges, you'll see like corn that's missed and you're like, oh, why didn't they go back and get that? They left it. That's part of gleaning. That was to be left for those who couldn't afford to farm so that they could have that. And you say, wait a second, that's leaving money on the table, God. That doesn't make any business sense at all. I'm leaving stuff on the table. You know, I, I, I need it. My daughter's just got a full set of braces, okay? Uh, you know, I need it because my wife or my husband lost that job. And God says, no, no, leave it there. Leave it there. And he finishes it by saying, because I am the Lord your God. Again, it's an act of faith. He's saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me in this? Don't take everything you can. Leave room and space. For me to work. Give breathing room so that you can trust me above all things. And let's jump to Deuteronomy chapter 24. Deuteronomy chapter 24, I'll begin in verse 19. When you are harvesting in your field and, oh, and you overlook a sheath, do not go back and get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widows, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. In other words, that tells us God blesses us. God blesses us when we don't try to suck everything down for ourselves. That's a totally counterculture way of thinking, am I right? And he also tells us that if you listen to this, he will bless you, that you will not be blessed 
if you follow the patterns of the world, but you better hit, okay? Um, and when you beat the olives from your trees, don't go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the foreigner, fatherless, the widow, those who need it. And when, you're har- when you harvest the grapes of your vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the foreigner. So God's going to bless you, but we often go, but God, if I don't do that, what if I don't, what if? And that fear takes over. We need room for trust, And so right now you're saying, okay, that's fine, Jack, but that's the Israelites, that's the Old Testament. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And it's a very famous verse. Jesus says, do not worry. Do not keep saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? The people who do not know God look for these things. You know what that's saying? Unbelievers. Unbelievers say, what do we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? If you're worried about that... God associates you, Jesus associates you with unbelievers. He said, your Father in heaven knows you need all these things. Your Father in heaven knows that you need all these things. God knows you need a job. God knows you need to be healed. God knows you're worried about where your kids are going to go to school, what they're going to do with their lives. God knows that you need some healing in your relationship. God knows that you're single and you'd love to have somebody spend the rest of your life with. God knows these things. But the main issue that we struggle with and we deal with is it's an issue of faith. Can God be trusted to make up this gap? And that's where our, that's where our faith comes in. That's why I said this is a faith issue. What if I accept God's gift of breathing room? You know, what's interesting, that verse continues, if I went ahead and finished it, where Jesus is talking about, um, about don't worry because tomorrow has enough worries, but it finishes by saying, seek first his kingdom. That's a tithe of your life. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And then what does it say? And all these other things, all those things that we worry about will be added to you as well. It's an issue of faith. The bottom line is this, and I have this in your sheet. The bottom line is we all have limits. We have money, we have time. And the problem that we exist with is when we live in this area, we say, the area is, okay, God, give us more. If I just win the lottery, who said that? If I just win the lottery, if I just get this other job, God, give me more. But when God gives us more, you know what we do? We live up to that one. By the grace of God, I don't make 14.8 anymore. But guess what? My bar's gone up and I live to that. Guess what? I have t- more time than I did when I was in, uh, at one, uh, sometimes in my life I had more time than when I was in school and newly married, and guess what? I fill it with something else because I'm afraid in life. So it's not give me more then because we, we raise up our limit. What it is is God says, pull back and let me fill the gap. Pull back and let me fill the gap. It's not an issue of needing more but an issue of trusting God. As we wind down today, the bottom two things are some questions. I want you to ask yourself a question. I've left a blank next to him. What if I really believe that God knows everything I need? What if I really, really believe that God knows absolutely everything I believe? Then guess what? I need the actions to show it. What if I know that God knows that I have relationship issues. What if God knows about my job, I'm frustrated, and I need more? What if God knows that my, I'm concerned about my money or my kids, and then what do I need to do in order to let God move? And so here's your homework. As the praise team, the worship team comes up, here's your homework. And I'm going to give you some time to do this today. 
Your homework is to ask yourself, where do I need breathing room? Where do I need room to breathe in my life? Where am I pushing the limit and overextended in those limits? Where is it? Where are those areas in my life? And by doing so, talk to God about it. That's your homework. Talk to God. I want, you to, I want to give you time right now. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I'm going to give you time to talk to God. And I'm going to do something a little bit different during this time. I mean, the altar is always open. But um, I think Donna, you, and I think Randy, is Randy still here? I'm going to ask Randy if he'll come to this side and Donna to come to this side there. Um, they're going to they're gonna be available to pray with you. I'm going to be up front to pray. We're going to use this area down front if you want to pray. I'll take off my microphone or, or turn it off, and, um, as I always do. But I want you to talk to God. But I don't want you to just talk to God, because as I've been told as a kid, talk is cheap. Action is even more powerful. I want you to talk to God, and I want you to ask, I want you to ask yourself in your life, where can I pull back to allow God to move forward? Where can I do that? So we're going to pray right now. I ask you all to bow your heads as we pray to the Lord. Lord God, um, and I just pray that nobody will just leave early right now, Lord, that we'll just use this time during this service to just stop right now and talk to you. But not only to talk to you, to hear from you, and to do that this week that we have a plan, that we can share with you how we're frustrated, but we won't use this time, God, to just whine and complain. And say, God, we need you to lift up and make our, our, our boundaries, our limits higher. But God, that we, we trust that you are the creator, the sustainer of the universe, but that you know our needs. So God, I want to trust you. I want to trust you in my finances. You know, I have sleepless nights about my finances. I'm worried about so much there. But God, I'm going to make a step of faith and I'm going to tithe and give to you and I'm going to let you... I'm going to let you put up or shut up, God, that all these things will be added as well. And then in addition to that, God, you know my relationship, and you know my relationships are to the boundaries and almost to the breaking point. And I'm going to pull back a little bit and allow you to move in those areas. I'm going to place my life in your hands. And as I do that, God, I'm going to start that today. I'm going to actually take a step of faith by taking a step backwards to give you room so I can trust you. And God, if I'm here today and I've never, ever accepted you as my Lord and Savior, and I don't even know what that means, but I know that I need you, and I, I, the, the way I've been living is not right, that right now, God, I just want to say, Lord, I, I missed the mark of my life. I'm a sinner. And so are we all. But God, you love me enough that you're going to give me the gift of your life, and you're going to come in me, and you're going to get into my life, and you're going to give me direction and purpose and then all these things, I'm going to make you first and I'm going to let you figure the rest out as I learn and grow with you in my head. You know I'm hurting because I've experienced loss. And, I, and I'm mad at you. And, but God, I'm going, to, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take that step back to let you move in my life. I'm like those people under the bars feeling like I'm drowning. And I need you. So Lord, move in this place. In your holy name. Amen. You want to pray? We'll be right here.
called me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand. waters your sovereign hand will be my guide where feet may fail and fear surrounds me you've never failed and you won't stop now so I will call upon your
made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my I think if many of us are honest, we recognize that um, many of us feel like we're caught in the riptides of life because we're living up here, living up here. This week, just find a way to give God room to move. I, I got this image um, when I was a kid and probably even now with my own kids. Remember when you, you take off your shoes and you go across the carpet and you go, zap. Do that to your neighbor. No, don't do that. Um, but... <laughs> But you know what? You can't have that zap unless there's a gap. There's no electricity if there's not a gap. Even with our own makeup, our own electrical makeup in our body, you need the synaptic gap and things to, to fire across that. And if it was pressed up against each other, we would never ever, when, when things are pressed up against each other, we have no electricity in our body, no power, no activity. And so when the church is so pressed up against the, what the world standard is, we have no electricity of the Holy Spirit to move us and to guide us. And that happens in each of our lives. So this, this week, make room first for God in all those areas. And see if you don't get the electricity of the Holy Spirit moving in those areas like they never have. Amen. So as we go forth this week, God, we just pray for everybody who's watching online and for those who are here that next week we will continue with our, our, our thir third series in pressure. You guys are going to love this one. Here it is. It's pressure, paycheck to paycheck. All right, so we're going to deal with that. Have an awesome week. May God be with you. Amen. I will feel